0: I got something for you really quickly. Rick Carlisle, by the way, in about 10 seconds. But going back to our last call, quote, a 20-year listener. How could a 20-year listener not know that it's not okay to F-bomb on the air? How could a 20-minute listener not know that it's not okay to F-bomb on the air? How could a 20-second listener not know? How could anybody not know? All right, that aside, we start hour number three. Busy, busy hour, and we start it by having a conversation with the head coach of the Indiana Pacers— He's in his third season, in his second stint with that club. He is in his 22nd season overall in the NBA as a head coach. He led the Mavs to a world championship in 2011. He was the NBA coach of the year in 2002. He won a ring as a player with the Celtics in 1986. In short, he has had some sort of basketball life, and it continues. We are joined once again by Rick Carlisle. Rick, let me say this. To me, it's like some sort of mandate at this point that I need to run you down a few times a year. It had been four months. I figured I need to check in with you once again. What's going on, Rick? How are you? I'm well, and I appreciate it. I need the fix as well, Jim. Good. I appreciate you saying that, Coach. Thanks so much. So the building was rocking last night for the highly anticipated visit of the reigning champs. You played the Nuggets tough despite not having your all-star guard, Tyrese Halliburton. He was out with that hamstring injury. What did you take away from last night? And then overall, Rick, how do you feel about your team as we get closer to the all-star break?
1: Well, we uh, just completed a trade for Pascal Siakam a few games ago, as you're aware. And we really love him. He's going to really help our team a great deal with his versatility at both ends of the floor, scoring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, last night uh, we had a great first half <clears throat> and a very poor third quarter, which set up a dogfight fight in the fourth quarter. Uh, of course, I wasn't around in the fourth quarter because I got, I got run out of the game in the third quarter because of, of a disagreement about a no call. But uh, Lloyd Pierce did a great job taking over. You know, we were right there. I actually came back got the lead briefly with, Couple, a couple, three minutes to go in the game, and uh, you know Jokic did what he does. He found a way to get the ball in the basket. Um, he and Murray are, are, are really difficult to deal with, and uh, it's a close loss. But the fighting spirit is there with our group. Uh, without Tyrese, it's uh, it's more challenging. Obviously, this is a, a really difficult stretch of games uh, we're in right now. You know, we got Philadelphia. Tomorrow with uh, with Joel and B coming off 70 points, and then we've got uh, Phoenix the following night on the home back to back, and you know that's that's Durant, Beal, and and, and Booker, et cetera, and um, so we got our hands full, but uh, they're challenges we love.
0: Hey Rick, that answer was so good. I think that you just answered the ten questions I was going to ask you. But I'm going to stay in the fight too. That was a, that was a really really comprehensive response. I appreciate that. What about Siakam? Like obviously you're you're thrilled about that. Your basketball of ops, Kevin Pritchard. I thought took a big big swing. I love that deal so much. How thrilled were you personally to get him? And then what kind of a message does that send the locker room and the fan base?
1: Well, it sends great messages to everybody. Um, Number one, that ownership led by Herb Simon is is in this to win and try to win uh, this year. <clears throat> you know, not to mention the future. Um, you know, Siakam is a guy that he has such versatile skill. You know, he's a six nine guy that could play some point guard that can guard his position. Um, you know, two games ago we actually started him on Devin Booker, who plays the two or the one, depending on how you look at their team. Um, so he can guard smaller guys with his length, um, you know, offensively he can score around the basket. He's a great driver of the ball. And I think his shooting is, is a bit underrated. So, you know, there's just, there's a lot to like about him and he's, he's one of those guys, Jim, that, you know, you make a trade for him, you, you wouldn't even need to change anything. you, could just say, "Hey, Pascal, just go play your game," and within the flow of however your team played, he would find a way to you know get eighteen points and get eight or ten rebounds. You know, he's just one of those guys that just has a knack and and, and finds his way, um, you know, in, in a situation with a team. And so that's that's really how it's gone for three games. We had our first practice today, where it was a non game day um, non game day prep practice, and we were able to. You know, nail down a few more things with him, but uh, he's going to help us a lot.
0: I mean, that, that's super high praise, especially coming from you, Rick. Rick Carlisle, my guest. One more thought about Pascal: What about his intangibles? For example, he's got a championship resume. He played a key role in Toronto, winning it all in 2019. So how important is his leadership when you have a young, talented team that is still learning to close out and finish games? Can he help in that regard?
1: Absolutely. And, and the other thing that I really like... Um, love about him is that, you know, here's a guy who was a late first round pick, uh, I think in 16, um, came to Toronto, was a part time roster player, spent a lot of time with the 905, which is their G League team, and they may have even been in the D League at that time. <clears throat> um, he played a lot of G League games, um, and the 905 won one or two championships with him as one of their main guys. He earned his way. Up into the rotation, <clears throat> and then when they won in 2019, you know he was one of the main support players for um, Kawhi Leonard and um, and Kyle Lowry. So, you know he's he's earned it every step of the way. And you know with a young developing team like we have, he's a great example for guys like you know Ben Matherin, um, you know, Jerus Walker, <clears throat> Ben Shepherd. Uh, it just it just it just demonstrates to them that, you know, developing as an NBA player, developing into, you know, an all-star player, a star player is something that can take time, and you cannot skip steps.
0: Rick Carlisle joining us. You know, it's such a great description about the guy. Hey, Rick, going back to Tyrese for a minute, such a tough break. Because he was playing so well, he led the league in assists, he was pouring in twenty four a night. How have you gone about trying to replace that production, and how close are you to getting him back?
1: Well, replacing him is virtually impossible as right. you, as you know i mean a, a player of that caliber um, he he just makes a difference in so many ways um, but in his absence. You know, Andrew Nemhard and TJ McConnell obviously stepped forward into higher roles, no question about it. You know, three games ago, I guess it was four games ago now, we're playing in Sacramento, and Nemhard was unavailable along with Tyrese. And so we started McConnell, and then we ended up playing Ben Shepard uh, from Belmont, you know, rookie from Belmont, and Buddy Heald kind of as our backup points. Uh, And Jairus Walker played some uh, handling the ball as well because he has a background where he – he played some point guard as, as in his career as he came up through. So you've got to find ways. Um, you miss a player of that caliber, you, you're going to have to be resourceful. You're going to have to figure some things out.
0: You know, Rick, you guys have so much good, good young talent. I mean, you're nice. That's a really nice team. I want to ask you this. I think it's kind of a lazy narrative, but it's out there. So let me ask the question. It would be easy to point to the two teams that went to the finals of the in-season tournament, the Pacers, the Lakers and say that they've struggled since. Therefore, because they went so hard to try to win that thing, there was a certain price to be paid for doing so in your, you know, in your mind, is there anything at all to that? And what are your thoughts about the first year of the IST?
1: Well, we thought it was great. And <clears throat> we were a team that, that rode uh, historic offense to four consecutive wins in pool play. Um, we earned a home game against Boston. We we had an amazing Monday night game on on tournament week for the IST and you know our crowd really lifted us to a late win against Boston, which got us to Vegas, and then we you know, we played Milwaukee and were able to win that one we got to the final game. So I'm a big fan of the in season tournament. Now um is it an emotional thing? Does it does it take a little bit out of you going through that kind of a run? I don't I don't see any scenario where where you know you, you would say that it that it doesn't. Now, I think going into next year, <clears throat> there's a, there's been enough talk and enough observation about how this year's tournament went that I think I think the league will will make some minor adjustments. Um, teams will will have a better idea going into it of of the kinds of challenges that they will be getting into. So, you know, for instance, by earning our quarterfinal berth with with Boston, we we earned two games with much higher level teams. <laughs> you know, so we were going to be playing, you know, either Boston and New York or a Boston and Milwaukee, depending on who won the uh, the the Milwaukee New York game had we not qualified for the quarters we may we may have drawn some teams with much lesser records and so is that a is that an unintended consequence or is it you know is it an opportunity and for us being a young team we have to view it as an opportunity i i would i would want that next year too you know if we were fortunate to uh, to qualify for the quarters etc um but it it added this tournament added an elements of uh, an element of importance to those November games, and I thought it was I thought it was brilliant.
0: Mm. Rick Carlisle joining us, Rick. Before you go, you mentioned Milwaukee a couple of times. You also serve as the president of the NBA Coaches Association, which consists of NBA coaches, assistants, alumni while we don't know all the details of Adrian Griffin's departure from the Bucks, from a general perspective, do you view it at all concerning that a first year head coach was dismissed after only 43 games while having the second best record in the conference? What's your reaction?
1: Yeah, I, I think everyone in the prof- profession, <laughs> at least on some level is disappointed to see that happen. Um, I talked to Adrian yesterday, uh, Briefly before before our game against Denver, and we had a good conversation. He was in he was in good spirits, and he's a guy that is an upbeat guy that uh, learned an awful lot in a very short period of time. and And going forward, you know, this experience will be something that benefits him. Uh, you never want to see coaches get let go. I mean, one of the things that I'm most proud of in recent years we had we had a year not long ago where we had no coaches changed during the summer there were zero coaching changes and that's what you want to see um but in this business it's dynamic things change quickly um changes are made ownership always has the the option and the right to do that and so when when these kinds of things happen you know guys like uh guys like adrian griffin um you know there'll be a lot of people reaching out looking to looking to help him move forward to his next opportunity and and i believe that he is He's going to be a future head coach again.
0: He is somebody who won a world championship as a coach, as a player, has done everything there is to do in this sport. He is a good friend of the program. He is Rick Carlisle. Rick, appreciate you so much. I mean, I really appreciate the time you spend with us and on this show a few times a year. Thanks so much for making time again, Rick. Great to get caught up. Great to be back in the jungle, Jim. Be well. Take care. You too, Rick. Appreciate you very much. I love Rick Carlisle. I love Rick Carlisle because he's done this show for so many years. Always grants us access no matter what's going on. Always shows up like that. Always interesting. Damn good coach. I love the Pacers. Love them. All right, so your reaction to that. What we're going to do going forward is I've got an open segment, and then I've got Alex Anzalone, somebody else you've heard on the program before. This time is a member of the Lions. Now, we have done him as a member of the Lions But you've got Detroit going to Santa Clara to play the 49ers. I know Lion fan would say, hey, again, they don't, we don't need to deal with them. They have to deal with us. And to a certain extent, that's true. So it's going to be really interesting to see what Alex has to say. He and I spoke earlier in the year, but not since they went on that run and certainly not right before this amazing opportunity. Like, that's a real thing. It's hard to imagine, but it's a real thing. The Lions are playing in the NFC Championship game. And you can't tell me they don't have a look at it, that they don't have a shot, especially without knowing what Debo Samuel's status is. I'm not saying the 49ers can't win without him. I'm saying they're dramatically different without him. And he was said to be 50-50. So a coin flip. So Alex Anzalone at 1140. You know, going back to that one caller who said, you know, Rome, you and I had a beef 20 years ago. I'm a 20-year listener. I'm here to get my golden ticket. F-bomb. Bam. 20 years you've been listening and you don't know? Now, how about this? You're a human being and you don't know. You can't say that word on air, not on this air. I know the rooms change. I know there are podcasts. I know there's, shoot, I'm going to end up on the X, freedom of speech. But where I currently reside, as I sit in this room, on this network, you cannot use that word on the air. Nobody heard it because Albie's got a hammer on the dump button but I, I don't know what it is. Like, do you not know that? Or are you that comfortable? And how could you be that comfortable if you haven't called me in 20 years? Or are you just that comfortable? Or maybe is it not a matter of being comfortable, but kind of out of touch? I mean, come on. Have you ever heard me use that word on the air? If anybody would do it, it would be me. I'm not saying I don't use that word. And the reason I say that is opportunity. No motive, but opportunity. I'm on 15 hours a week for 30 years. A lot of those years, 20 hours a week. Some of those years, 25 to 30 hours a week. You don't think one would have slipped once over that time? It never has. Not that word. That shows discipline because, you know, sometimes you can feel it. I'm rising up a little bit. I've got some discipline, but I've never done that. But you can't make one phone call without saying that word? Or you think that's okay? or Like, what is that? I'll tell you what, that's not that's not a golden ticket winning call. We will not see you in the smack off. My man, I'm guessing it's going to be another 20 years before I hear you on the air. On this air. And at that point, I'll be like 80. Hey, Van hey, hey, Smack here, I'm 80. Grandpa here. And the calls would be like, "Hey, hey, Rome, it's uh it's Jeremiah in Detroit. I've been listening to you for 70 years." Yeah, and and by then as much as things change, you still can't say that word. Not on daytime radio. Not on daytime terrestrial radio. Are we good? I would think. All right, when we come back, Mafia. Bill's Mafia. You saw Sean McDermott yesterday. You had a couple of days to think about it. You've had a couple of days to think about it. Do you like what you heard from him? Is he the right guy in the right spot? Are you good? We'll get into that when we come back. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Did you know Discover wants everybody to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you are never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. I should have told you going to the break that we were going to do the ATP early because I have a guest on the other side and we have an ATP. In fact, I probably should have told you that we have an ATP today, and that would have helped. It is time to ask the pros. You clones get to ask me a question. It is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. What you want to do is, it's not too late. You can do it right this second and still get through. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash ask the pros. Ask me a question right now. I might read it right now. Do it. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Mr. Rome, do you pick out your own clothes for work, or does Cindy tell you what to wear? Todd in San Diego. That's not terrible. I do. I do, I do, but with a caveat. And I catch a little hell from this from my other stylist, who waxed my lettuce. David August makes and cuts the clothing I wear. David August makes it easy by giving me a notebook. Everything is numbered. Everything goes together. It's like couture for granimals. Everything matches up. So I I go by the book. I'm not one of those guys who's got an eye for it. I will not go into my closet and say, that shirt, those pants. Or there's a combo. I go by the book. I always go by the book, and I decide myself what to wear. He decides what I buy. I mean, he'll show me patterns and fabrics, but then I usually trust him. Like, I need X amount of shirts this year. I need X amount of slacks this year. I need X amount of suits this year. Do what you do, David. You know style. Like, he's a genius, David August. No, Cindy, Cindy has opinions on all these things, but no Cindy does not pick out my clothing. Happy hump day, Jim. The clone's no sugar is your dietary Achilles heel. What is your M&M of choice? Peanut, plain or peanut butter? Scott Milton. Of course, yes. I prefer peanut, but I'll eat plain. And I, I actually love the change-up in peanut butter. But, but I want to say this. That's not my problem. Like, I don't go into the gas station and buy M&M's. I don't go anywhere and buy M&M's. I never buy M&M's. But if for some reason they end up in the pantry, I will eat them. It's like anything else. I'm not against candy. But if it's not Halloween, like, I never, ever go to the store and pull candy off the shelf. But somehow, magically, it ends up in the pantry, and then it ends up in my mouth. It's weird how that happens. Mr. Rome, do you have a favorite horse movie? Respectfully, Edward Marino from Redondo Beach. Edward, respectfully, unlike a lot of your submissions, that's not terrible. Respectfully. You know what horse movie I liked? Seabiscuit. Good movie. Beautiful aesthetics. Big Jeff Bridges guy. Good movie. No clones. Sex in the City is not a horse movie. Sorry to wreck your fun again. It doesn't make any sense... Hi, Jim. Would you be interested in starring in Space Jam 3? It all depends. If the GM is involved in the project, hell no. Last thing I need is my adult children going to the theater and puking all over themselves. If they want to offer me a starring role or a co-starring role... And an EP or producer credit, I will consider it. I will consider it. But if it's anything like Space Jam 2, then obviously the answer is no. Abel in the ATX is in. Hey, Jim, that caller should have been run a lot earlier because he said he called 20 years ago when he was 18. That technically is aging himself. Way to drop the hammer on that dweeb. War Texas, coming into the SEC like a freaking freight train. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Here's Leff, one of the legends. Leff and Laguna, quote, We are huge fans of Nick Nurse. Regards, male secretaries, housekeepers, and admin assistants. I don't get it, Left. Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach. Ken writes, hey, Rome, why did you run, Kai? Dude was about to smash, smash, smash that smash, call. Smash, smash, smash. I was hoping to hear that yeah. epic... Vlade Kobe reset, but he butchered it, dude. Jamie Green Bay quote, just once it would be nice if these guys calling their shot wouldn't be the absolute worst. Everybody is a smack off champ in their own head. I mean, it's so true. I've said this for so long, so long. I used to say it back in the day, hey, 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 Romy, stand back. I'm going yard. When inevitably they'd hit a little nubber off the end of the stick. It'd be a comebacker to the pitcher. Nobody ever backs up their called shot on this show. He's right. The people who refuse to say what they want to say have nothing to say. Which is why I always say, you have to tell us what you want to say. You haven't earned our trust. So, Tom, I'm going to allow that one time. Don't ever do that again. That's why we don't let them do that. That's why we screen the calls. You think the calls on the air are bad? You can only imagine the ones that don't make it to air. That's why we ask you, what do you want to say? I'm trying to control as much as I can control and make it as good a show as I can. But if you're going to come on the air and and just puke all over yourself and drop F-bombs, you can't come on the air. Do that. Take that someplace else. Do it on your own show. Do it on somebody else's show. Or better yet, don't do it at all because that doesn't make anybody's show better. That doesn't even make the worst show ever better. The worst host ever doesn't even want that. So why would the best host ever want it? Hey, Rome. Good show, dude. Some horse suggestions. Alvi, help me out here. One horseface.
2: Hey John, time to meet Mr. Rome.
1: Giddy up, horseface. Yee-
0: Two bisp. <coughs> Three boom, out of here. That's boom. actually as jungle references go. Boom. boom. That's one of the better ones. Out of here. Boom. Boom, out of here. Out of here. Boom. Out of here. Boom. Hey. Outta here. Four, hey. outta here. four outta here. schmacky helicopter. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. Five. Please. Please. Again, because DJ and I are co-owners and partners in Jungle Racing, I I can't respectfully name the horse without telling her. I mean, I could, but I don't. I just don't know that a Jungle reference is going to work for her, but I might be able to talk her into it. Hey, Jim, you can name the horse the Great Equalizer because, as we all know, the TGE diarrhea is undefeated. Patton Scranton, the, the thing about are. horse names like that is inevitably somebody's going to ask me. Hey, Rome, you are or what you do. the Great Equalizer, Inevitable. You are, what's that? He's coming. Well, why did you name That's the, what the what horse the, back back the Great the and Equalizer, Cameron. and what is how the, the Great Equalizer? Great oh, I'm glad you asked. Diarrhea. And I can only say that so, I've heard this. I why don't not just name the horse true. Diarrhea? I don't know whether or not it, it runs. It runs. hey i I'm trying to be clever about this. I'm trying to be clever about this. Naming a horse Diarrhea because it runs is not clever to anybody other than James Kelly and Cindy. Cindy came in here during one of the breaks to touch me up and said, Well, oh, Crop Duster. i bet on that horse. Crop Duster. Like, like, she likes that stuff. Why don't I just name the horse Rex in the ABQ? She'd be in favor of that, too. Do you like it? you think Cleveland's cool? This guy writes, name the horse Rogan's Run. That's not bad, but it's not as good as Rogan Loam. If I'm going to go Rogan, it's going to be Rogan Loam.
1: Rogan Loam.
0: Horse names. Self gloss, War Trapper, The Zookeeper, Lil Alvie in Toronto. Hey Seth, how are you?
1: Hey Jim, first time, long time, but we got to go with my real name, The Zookeeper.
0: Oh, dude, awesome, Zookeeper, good gloss. Where did that come from? Uh, at a Buddy's wedding. Ah, that's good because oh, I care where no. that came from. <laughs> you hear this, like I care on, where that came that's from. That's self that that gloss. A what I mean oh. is, it, it's. It would make me the biggest hypocrite ever, right? I don't allow self-gloss, but I name my horse some self-gloss. But it is pretty funny. All right, let me get out. Alex Al is coming up next. I will say this. As far as you trying to name a horse, you're better today than you normally are. I haven't seen that one where I thought to myself, damn, that's it. That's it. That's the one. But you are better than you normally are. Time now for a sports update. Hey, Rich, I'll work on DJ and see if I can name that horse Rich Ackerman. But in the meantime, take it away.
1: Ooh, night. Night. Ooh,
0: night. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Obviously, an enormous weekend, championship weekend. An enormous weekend, especially for the city of Detroit. We're joined right now by a linebacker for the Lions. He is in his third year with the Lions. He's in his seventh overall in the NFL. He has had an enormous season. 129 tackles. Seven for loss. Three sacks. He had six tackles in Sunday's win over the Bucks. The Lions are now 14-5. and They won the NFC North. They take on the 49ers in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. We are joined by Alex Anzalone. Alex, it is so awesome to have you back. How are you? How's it going,
2: Jim? I'm good. I'm good.
0: Good, dude. So let me ask you this. I've been getting phone calls from Lions fans all week long. They're out of their minds. They have been waiting for this moment for decades. Knowing you, I know you're all locked in. But this team, this town, and this situation, the whole thing is just mind-blowing. How much fun are you having, and how hyped are you for the opportunity in Santa Clara?
2: Yeah, it's, obviously it's a lot of fun, um, you know, and it's it's. I know the first playoff game was very, you know, it was an emotional win just because of the storyline and everything like that. And you know, last week was big too. But yeah, this is obviously a huge, huge game for us players, and um, you know, for the town and city, it's it's huge too. I'd say the one thing that I would bring up is that you know, a lot of players haven't really necessarily been, you know, lying for, I mean, like you just said, for three years for me. So, you know, for the city, this is huge, and there's a lot
0: of excitement going on. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to actually go there next because I'm curious. You're right. Not everybody's been there a long time, so don't fully understand. I'm telling you, Alex, I get phone calls from people that are like, dude, I'm 60. I'm 70. I've been waiting my whole life for this. When you run into Lions fans in your daily life, do you get a sense of what the team represents to them and how invested they all are?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, just in my neighborhood, on my street alone, there's people have blind flags hanging from uh, outside their house, you know, all season, but especially now. And, um, you know, just going around town, talking to people and uh, neighbors and fans and social media, there's just so many storylines that, you know, people have been fans, like you said, for decades and decades, and they grew up here. and um, You know, all, their whole lives they've been Lions fans, and they just haven't been more proud of the team that they've had and just you know, it's just, like, awesome to be a part of, really. It's it's really nothing better that. Just because in this profession, you know, you try to make money and, you know, leave a legacy, and, um, you know, we're able to do that for, for the fans.
0: I was going to say, it's different. It's just different there. It's all different there. Yeah. Alex Anzalone joining us. You know, when you and I wrapped back in October, you said that this was one of the most close-knit teams you'd ever played for. When you have that brotherhood and you have that bond – How does that show up on the field and can it even be the difference between winning and losing?
2: No doubt. I think that's, it's huge. It's huge. Um, You know, defensively, offensively, special teams, collaboratively, it's, it's huge. Um, You know, it's knowing what your, your brother's next to you is, you have all the, all the trust in him to do his job. And um, he's going to have your back and you're going to have his. And um, you know, it's, it's huge to have that brotherhood and we have it here and, you know, Dan's done a good job of developing that and creating that atmosphere that, you know, we're able to come together. And, you know, it's not like that everywhere across the league. People, you know, are competing for positions and jobs. And, you know, coaches aren't necessarily on the same page. But here it's all about how do we get this win all together, um, whether it's, you know, offense, defense, and special teams.
0: Right. So, Alex, like, I bring this up because guys understandably, don't want to talk about their injuries. I understand that. I've always understood that. But here's why I bring this up you're out there with a sprained joint in your shoulder. I don't know whether or not this is true, but the Detroit Free Press reported that you have three fractured ribs as well. Like, how much of you being out there in obvious pain is just about you doing your job because that's what you always do? And how much of that is about you wanting to be out there with your brothers that we're talking about and not let anybody down?
2: No doubt. I think it's, you know, obviously, you know, so many people are playing through injuries at this point in the year, and, um, you know, obviously you know it's like it sucks (laughs) but uh you know it's um you know it is what it is and you know if i'm able to produce at a if i think a high level and not not be a show myself out there and you know i'm able to you know get guys lined up you know be be the captain of the defense and able to do my job and um you know i'm willing to do that even if it's playing through a little pain um so you know just part of the part of the gig and part of playing in the nfl but you know it's I don't want to miss these games for, you know, for the life of me. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm in there and I'm grinding away.
0: Yeah, dude, playing through a little pain or playing through a lot of pain. But as you point out, as the quarterback of the defense, you know, it's interesting because you're still just 29. You're just 29, but you're kind of an old head On defense, because you got so many young guys out there, young guys flying around, young guys making plays. I'm kind of curious, like, and by the way, not only have guys not been Lions, but they have not been in this situation before. You have, you went to the NFC title game in 2019 with the Saints. So what advice do you have for the younger guys about continuing to play Lions football while not getting caught up in the hype and noise?
2: Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing for that I've learned from that experience is don't leave the game up in the hands of the referees. Right. <laughs>
0: um, Dude, no, honestly, really? I, think, <laughs> I, bet, yeah, I right. bet that was the biggest lesson from that game. <laughs> Holy exactly. crap. Uh,
2: no, honestly, I think that, you know, in these championship games, in these environments, it's, you know, it's obviously cameras are on you. There's, you know, media requests all week. There's a bunch of hype around the game. Um, but when you're actually in the game, you have to, you know, soak it all in, be in the moment, and really treat each play like it's the game. It's the play that's going to win the game, and you know things are going to happen, and you know we're going to hit adversity in the game. But at the same time, that focus and attention, and that you know just how locked in you are, that's really when you have to come out on top and um, you know c- go out there and compete.
0: Alex Anzalone joining me for a few more moments. You know, on this show over the years, I've talked about the Patriots' way. This week, we've talked about the Ravens' way. Dude, we can literally now talk about the lion's way. There is a lion's way from where I'm sitting. How would you describe the lion's way? Because it seems like the lion's way may not be for everybody, right? No doubt.
2: I, no doubt. No doubt about it. I think that, you know, the word grit is thrown around or, or around here a lot. And, um, you know, it's a buzzword and everyone uses it and you see it all over social media. But, you know, we really live, live by it. And, um, you know, that just means, you know, we go to work every day. We practice hard. We we you know, training camp's tough, but um you know, Dan does a good job of being smart and taking care of us at the same time. The way we play, we play physical, we play fast and um you know, we play a brand of football, not a lot of teams in the NFL, you know, want to play or do play. Um so I think that's really the best way to describe it. But yeah, it's it's uh one of a kind in my opinion, and I think it all starts, you know, with Dan.
0: Alright, so a couple things quickly before I let you go and it's great to have you back. There's football and then there's life. You and your wife, Lindsay, recently welcomed your second child into the world. Congrats. The birth of Thanks. your daughter, Carter, on December 1st. What's it like to be a girl, Dad? And between the hours you're putting in to get ready for this game and having an infant at home, are you getting any sleep?
2: Uh, you know what? I'll give a shout out to my wife, Lindsay, because she has been a freaking champ this whole season. Um, you know, she's good. At, she's eight weeks old today and um, you know, I could only I count on a handful of times of me sleeping in the same room as her and she's just been, you know, toughing it out and grinding out these nights and she's she's doing okay sleeping, but um, you know, it's it's tough on my wife and um especially you know, adjusting the two while I'm at home. So, um, you know, she's she's been a champ and uh, it's hard but um you know it's it's a great sacrifice
0: it's a great shout out too because there's no way you can do what you do without having somebody like that at home doing that because that that's a hard job dude you know that that's a hard job so finally you got Niners head coach Kyle Shanahan he's renowned renowned for his innovative schemes his play calling what stands out to you about the challenge of matching up with the Niners and that versatile offense
2: I think the biggest thing you know just from watching some film of the Green Bay game and you know some cut ups um, you know it's what they do scheme wise is sound and it's hard to defend, but with that scheme they have really good all pro personnel behind it too. So I think that's why it's so effective. They get their guys in space. They kinda of have that, you know, West Coast mentality of, you know, check down's not is not a negative play and they expect it to go for ten, fifteen yards with, you know, running backs like McCaffrey and um, you know, it's just it's it's hard to defend with all their motions and shift and you know they have use check out there, and 21 personnel, and then they split them out wide, and um, so they do a lot, a lot of that stuff. That you really have to be locked in playing them.
0: It's so well said, right? He gets so much credit for that scheme, but they've got playmakers. And one more thing, you've got to respect this about them, right? Like you think West Coast offense, you don't necessarily think this. That's a pretty freaking physical football team, isn't it?
2: No doubt. Yeah, I think that they plan to. They play a very similar brand of football that we do, and you can see it all over the film.
0: Alex Anzalone joining us. Alex, I know it's one of the biggest weeks ever, dude. I appreciate you coming on and showing up like that so, so much. Like, I appreciate the relationship over the years, but especially this week, man. Thank you so much, and good luck this weekend.
2: Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you, man.
0: Appreciate you, dude. Always. Alex Anzalone. He's smart, too. Flying around. He's busted up. Not going to say it. A report that he's got three fractured ribs. 129 tackles. Playing the way he plays. Running to the violence. Right? Running to the violence. Creating the violence. And saying, yeah, man, it sucks. But everybody's hurt right now. And you go. You find a way. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss any part of this. And I want to be there for my brothers. And I want to be there for the fans. brother. That's a great conversation. Lions fans, uh, we're out of time today for you to react to me, but react to me tomorrow. We can even reset that tomorrow. That was really good, but he always is. Let's see here on the way out. Hey, Rome, imagine how great it would be to hear the roar of the crowd as the horses came down the stretch and the pride you would feel when you hear the announcer say, it's Rabadonga at the front of the pack. Eric in L.A. You have to understand. When you have a horse, and the horse is winning, and you realize the horse is going to win, it doesn't matter what the horse's name is. It feels so amazing. It feels so amazing. I, I could talk for hours. Hey, wait, really quickly. Now, this is a really clever name. This is one of the more clever names I've heard from you clones. Vaughn in Knoxville. Quote, Track Savage. Jungle related Dude that That is really clever Track Savage And that's not taken It's Jack Savage Jesus Christ It's Track Savage I gotta check with the horse people And see if the horse Is worthy of that name That's part of it You don't want Some Claimer Some cheap claimer Being named Track Savage You don't want to hear Track Savage 20 lengths back You want him to run like a track savage. That's the best name yet. You want them to say, Jesus Christ, it's track savage. Track savage. See you tomorrow. We're out.